Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Start the Beat podcast with Sykes. I am Sykes and I feel like this microphone's way too high. This is my podcast. Yes, Jasmine. If you, if this is your first time listening, thanks for listening. If you came back, I'm glad you enjoyed the last conversation and came back. I know. Keep going. Beer and soda in the fridge. You killed it. You My friend Cameron is on the show today. <laughs> and I've known this dude for a really, really long time. Do you know that, Jasmine? I don't even know. Cameron. Yeah. We met several years ago, back when we were both just getting started with playing shows. And he played in a band that you might be familiar with called Macian. Oh, Cameron! I don't know. He doesn't know me, but I know him. <laughs> He was uh, doing Macy and stuff right when I first started doing Psych stuff, and uh, we're going to get a little nostalgic and talk about the old days, but eventually get into why Cameron ultimately decided to leave his band and the entire music scene. He left it. He said, fuck this shit, I'm out. And we're going to talk about that, because it's interesting. I don't get the chance to talk to, me- to, 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 to too many people like that. That's what I wanted to say. Right? Right. Alright. I like this sidekick thing. This is good. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to switch it up a bit too. and We're going to talk about some nerdy stuff and some wrestling and I don't know, whatever the hell we want to for the next hour. So, you know, just uh, sit back, relax, and start the motherfucking beat! Yeah, Jasmine! <laughs> stands like in your face yeah. so i'm kind of yeah. like always kind of like going like Just this dodge back and you forward. know um you know i don't do any i do the intro and shit later okay yeah. so we'll just kind of start rambling and then whenever it gets good i'll start it all right all right so all right. where you... can we start you know we, <clears throat> we we're doing pretty good we're talking about clips and pharrell yeah i mean <laughs> and push a t yeah push a t is uh is an interesting character i uh I don't really know a lot about him. I mean, I, he was in clips for a long time, and they, that was a thing. And then they kind of disappeared, and you know, he started coming back doing like features and spots and other rapper songs. And I was watching some. I, I like him because I was watching some some uh, rap genius like video that he did, and he was talking about one of his lyrics to some kind of wrestling reference, and he was talking about how he grew up watching wrestling. And I was like, all right, I like this guy. Yeah, because <laughs> that's me. <laughs> grew up watching wrestling, so I was like, all right, I can, I can, I, I, I'll dig on this. But yeah, he's a. Uh, He's pretty solid. I, you know, I don't think he has his own out. He maybe does now, but I don't know. I'd be. I don't think he has a solo out or. Anything. I would like to look into it because I think that he. I like a lot of his. I like his style, and uh, a lot of his punchlines and stuff are just really good. Yeah, yeah. Like <clears throat> it's like it's on some hood shit, but it feels so genuinely hood that there's it doesn't. Nothing, <laughs> it doesn't there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. People get kind of. I I, uh, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about like hip-hop music and they were talking about like well they only listen to like artistic or like <clears throat> non-hood hip-hop like you know and they're talking about danny brown and, and all this and i said you know that's fine like i can appreciate that like we were talking about <clears throat> excuse me pos and it's a completely different style of hip-hop 
Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, the hip, the, the, the hood stuff is kind of what made hip hop as popular as it is. Yeah. I, know? with me and music in general, I'm more into, I just wanted to hear something that's genuine. Yeah. And that's the thing, like that clips album, it's hood as fuck. But it seems really genuine, and I could, like, listen to it, and I believe it, and it's good, and the songs are catchy, and it's well thought out and put together, even if the songs are about some, like, ignorant-ass shit sometimes. I feel like, and I think this goes for anything, music-wise, in my opinion, if you have fun doing it, and, like, that's kind of the point of it, is to have fun, at least that's what I think, Um, or or to sell records, there's one reason or another, there's two reasons, I mean... You do it because you want to sell records, or because you're having fun doing it. If you're having fun doing it, and this is what you like doing, and it's cool, and it's it's catchy, and it has a good beat to it, or it has a good sound to it, I don't really care if you're talking about you know fucking bitches, or if you're talking about you know being homeless. Yeah. If if you know you can do it and you can convey your message in an entertaining way, I don't listen to music to be depressed. I don't listen to music to feel sad. You listen to it to have fun and to enjoy it, and then sometimes you learn something, or sometimes you have a a moment where. <laughs> you get you kind of connect with the person. I think that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like music that I feel like I can connect to. But sometimes, like I said, I mean, I don't listen to clips to connect to it. No. I listen to it because I just kind of want to like put on something that's fun that I can nod my head yeah. to, yeah. chuckle a little bit, and just be like, "Damn, those guys seem <laughs> really intense but I was, fun." I was just watching. How, you know, you know those like I love the '80s shows. You remember that? Yeah. They have one now for I love the 2000s, and I was watching the one episode the other day, and they had the Afro man, like they had him on there. Okay. The... And they're talking about I got because I got high, and like I remember that song when I was a kid, and that song came out, and that was on the radio, and it was a big deal. It was, it was, but it's funny. It's a funny song, but that guy was successful, and it was funny, and he had a good time doing it, and I, he did a show with uh, some promoter locally and apparently he's like one of the nicest guys he's just having a good time so you just want to chill and enjoy your music that's that's fine that's that's what you're supposed to be doing yeah have fun doing it yeah a lot of people seem to lose lose sight of that i think everybody starts doing music from a fun perspective i don't think anybody i'd be really curious to meet somebody that started making music for reasons other than to have fun I feel like there's a lot of people out there. From my perspective, from where I was at when I was playing music and I was involved in, in going to shows and seeing bands, and there's a lot of bands that were kind of like a, a bubblegummy, like, you know, you put the quarter in the machine and turn the handle kind of deal. Like, yeah. They just spit the same shout over and over again. And I don't know if that's because of the way that... I'm assuming these guys played music because they like doing it at first, and maybe someone got a hold of them. I know, I know there's a lot of marketing and you know, things that happen with bands when they get signed or, you know, quote unquote, and they change their look and their image and their style and oh, produ- sure, yeah. production and all that. But yeah, I, I think you kind of have to start I think yeah to I, have fun. But some people I think get into it for the wrong reasons, but those people never last. I mean, know? I think that the reasons why you're into it can change really quickly. Yeah. But I think oh, yeah, like in general, I don't think anybody, like any kid like picks up a guitar or something that's just like, I'm going to do this because I want to make money, and I'm, like, nine years old. Unless they're, yeah. like, parents are shoving it in their hand. Yeah, I, uh, that, apparently, yeah, that happens a lot with some of these, like, teen pop stars, I guess, that their parents, they realize that they have some kind of ability to sing or to perform when they're, like, ten, uh-huh. and they just devote their entire lives to making their kid famous, which I guess is the, the Taylor Swift story, and, and... Or Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber is another one, yeah, and, uh... <clears throat> 
there's so many people like that. And I guess that works out for them because they end up being successful and they work hard for it. I mean, I'll never deny the fact that those people work hard to get where they are because if you have even a smidgen of talent, you have to, to work on it to make it better. Yeah. No one's born into being able to perform and sing like that, but um, sometimes you, you don't really have the right perspective of the idea of what you're supposed to be doing. For me, it was always about playing and having fun I enjoyed doing it. I love performing. And I wanted to be successful, but I didn't care if I made a million dollars. I just wanted to be able to go on tour and to hang out with my friends and, and travel and, and play for people and have a good time. Yeah. You know, it's one of the most addicting things is, is performing for people, for me. I don't know about for you. If no, it's... definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You've been there's... doing it for a long time. Yeah, I don't... There's, there's something that's kind of really sick about it <laughs> at this point. <laughs> uh, I mean, but I think that you... You meet a crossroads, I think, where it's like, okay, either what I'm doing is going to work or it's not going to work. And I'm either going to change what I'm doing, maybe steer down like a bubblegum pop kind of thing, or do something that I might not necessarily like, but I think it might work financially. Yeah, yeah. Or you can just kind of say, fuck it, I'm done doing this. Or And I've kind of in the position of I just kind of accepted where I'm at. Because I don't want to stop doing it, but I obviously don't want to do something that I don't think is genuine. Yeah. So yeah. I'm at where I'm at. And I know that you stopped doing music yeah. some years ago yeah. because I think you may have kind of said, fuck it. Yeah. It... So let's talk about that. Because you're actually, <laughs> right. everybody, you'll be the first person I've talked to for that's like not still trying to do something. Well, maybe you're still trying to do something, but... Not, Not on, like, a yeah, level like, that, like, yeah. other people are. Yeah, I mean, it, when I was young, I was probably, like, 12 years old, and I bought... No, I didn't buy, but I, I got... My, my grandmother bought it for me. It was Edema of the State from Blake 22, and that, like, changed my whole perspective on my life. Like, before that, I wanted to be a history teacher. After, <laughs> yeah, after that, I mean, at 12 years old, I was like, I want to play in a band. I want to make Dang. music. And I want to... And, and uh, it was funny, because at the time, when people talk about, like, you do it for success or you do it because you love it i look back now and i think maybe i was doing it because i expected success out of it but once i got into it that's always always a thing like i want to be in a band and be famous or whatever i won't lie that was always a thought in my head but when i got older and i actually started playing music in bands i didn't really care about that anymore because i realized the people that i looked up to as a child that were famous and successful musicians and bands um there's always some kind of catch to that but as I got as I got into it and did it for a long time, I played in a band for like six, seven years, and I just got so sick of it. I got so sick of a lot of the bullshit, you know. I got so sick of the the time and and that it, it the time it took away from me that I could have been doing other things. I, at that point in time, I thought I should have not done this from the start, and and that's what kind of forced me to quit. And that was kind of a, a brash decision. Or rash, excuse me, excuse me, yeah. wrong, wrong word. Um, <laughs> but I thought, you know, I needed to move on. It was, it was there's a lot of bullshit involved. There's always a lot of bullshit involved with playing playing music, especially locally. Oh, definitely. And trying to, because you're doing this thing where you're trying to get people in the city that you're from, that you're playing in, to recognize you, who you are. That was always our, you know, our shot at it. Like, let's play here, and we'll play in Pittsburgh, and we'll get we'll get popular in Pittsburgh and then we can start touring and doing all that. So you're trying, constantly trying to get people to pay attention to you. For a lot of people, that's actually good. That's what they want. That's why they get into it in the first place or they like performing, like being in the center of attention. Um, 
So they want that. And, and that's what we were doing and we were trying to play, but you start realizing that people don't really care all that much. You're, you're trying to get 100 people to pay attention to you every day or, or every show, and it's hard because people get sick of you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how many times have we played shows together for the same five people, the same ten people, yeah. and that was years ago, and I'm sure you still have that situation where, like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's cool to go out and play, but I wish there was other people here because yeah. people get sick of you. That's not their fault. You know, how many times can you really go see... When I was playing Macy, how many times can you really go see Macy and play you know, the same five or six songs over and over again? Yeah, you know, so I, I don't, I don't yeah. blame him for that. I stopped playing. Uh, I play out very rarely now, and I try to play shows out of town yeah. whenever I can. Yeah, I don't make it very far, but I don't. I just don't play out that often because I'm well aware of that. But it's a lot easier now for me. To if I have like one show in Pittsburgh every three months, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to actually get people to come yeah, out to that yeah, show because yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I know like the right people to ask, and I don't expect I don't really expect anyone to come ever, so I always have really low expectations. So whenever show up, you're like, oh, hey, and you have yeah, a great yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, but so yeah, the I mean, the, the last show that I did, um, actually, I got a ton of people to come, and I was really surprised. I think it's really. Uh, it's really hard to get people to care, well, but it's there's it's. I don't think it's that they don't care. That's kind of a wrong way to put it. I think it's just that everybody has so much of their own shit going on, and yeah, as yeah. and as you get You're older, right. it gets harder because yeah. people start to become distracted with more and more things. Yeah. And you know, I'm 28 years old. I don't want to be playing for 17 and 18 year olds at fire halls all the time. Yeah, right. Every once <laughs> in a while, it's cool because like. They're like young and impressionable and really excited about music, and it could be fun to play those shows. But you can't get like sucked into that. Well, when you get older, you I felt I mean I've, I'm 25 and I stopped playing music about three years ago, so I was 22. But I had been playing relentlessly since I was 17. Yeah, and like all the time playing. And at one point in time, I remember you know and it's not a, a way to brag, but. We decided that what we were going to do is let's just play as many shows as possible. We thought that would help, and it did. It helped us kind of establish ourselves, and people knew who we were, and we thought that was cool. But we played, I think, um, <clears throat> ten shows in one month, or more than that, and they were all like local shows. Or we would drive to Beaver when they used to have the Blue Violet Cafe, yeah, and we would go to Uniontown and play. But we would go there on opposite weekends, so like we were playing there like constantly and. You know, it worked out pretty cool, but in the end, that you, that doesn't help you. And that's yeah. what we were doing. And I think we had the wrong perspective about how to go about it. And when I got older and was continuing with the band, I realized how wrong a per, of a perspective we had about doing anything. That's what kind of forced me out. And I, I got kind of sick of the people and playing for the same people all the time. Although I really am glad that I met these people and that anyone who ever came to a show and bought a t-shirt or a cd i mean people say all the time like that's you're the support but truly that's that's that really is the case you know but it wasn't helping me at all you know it wasn't it wasn't helping my own personal desires for my life yeah and i just kind of had to give up man you know i felt like i had to move on and do something else and i you know it's funny because i regret it a lot i kind of regret just quitting but it was probably the best thing i ever did but at the same time it's uh you miss it. So people that continue to do it, like with you, I mean, I don't, 
you still play music and that's awesome. You know, that's really cool because that's something you like doing, but you've accepted, like you said, you accepted where you're at. Yeah. And the problem was I couldn't accept where I was at and the fact that it wasn't going to get any farther. Yeah. And that's proof because that... those guys never really, it never happened. And it's hard because it's, there's so many bands and so many different styles and different ideas of how things were supposed to work. And I think everyone's got it wrong. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, it's, I don't, talent plays a really small part. I think that it's That's just, true. that is very true. Um, it doesn't, it's a lot who, you know, it's a, and a lot just how willing you are to just go out there and just fucking rough it. Yeah. And just constantly play for nobody. You need to have like a group of dudes that are all on the same page and willing to just fucking give everything up. Yeah, we had and even then, six guys. And and you, yeah, I mean, you know? even then, it's really hard to make that commitment. You know, mm-hmm. if you have anybody that has like a reasonable head on their shoulders, they're gonna be like, "This is a terrible idea." Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I uh, when you're, I was thinking about this, and I had this convers. I was talking to somebody about this. I when I was like, twenty one, twenty two. It's like all you want is to find people to be in a band with that are like super responsible people you know people that are going to take it seriously and just go for it like people that are yeah like i take this real seriously the only problem is now when you get 25 26 27 people that take life seriously aren't going to take music seriously so now it's like i'm trying to find people that aren't serious that'll just give up everything to like do music yeah it's like a sliding scale like it like yeah it intersects at one point in time when you're like 20 and then it just goes the opposite way the thing that i think like with me why i've kind of accepted like things aren't gonna work out is just because i think like i just do weird shit and not like i don't have like a large uh like niche of people to market to yeah you know and i think a problem that macian had was that they had way too big of a niche. Yeah. It was like small fish, big pond, tons of bands doing like a hardcore, post-hardcore screamo, whatever you want to call it kind of thing. And like, you guys were good and I think you guys had a really good following locally for some time frame. I think that like, maybe what happened like after you left the band and some other people, I think too many lineup changes with that band and too many like, uh, like style changes. like style like trying i think they like trying to ha- i think they like were like trying to market it like really serious yeah and that's yeah. also kind of something that happened with sykes though because i feel that when sykes was at its peak was when i was doing more goofy kind of fun yeah. stuff like you know we were doing the Giorgio shows all yeah. the time and yeah. i had kind of like goofy white boy kind of thing <laughs> and then i start writing about like some depressing, L- serious liter- stuff. Yeah, literal serious issues and then, in your life. You know, it, to people kind of get disconnected from it, and mm-hmm. then you know, Macyan starts writing about like government or whatever the <laughs> yeah, fuck they're talking about, and all that. And like you know, and it's not you know, pools are great for holding water anymore, and people were yeah. like, "This got weird." I just want to hear the old fun stuff. But I think I think that's part of growing, like aging while doing it, because we did that music at a time we thought this is cool, like, this is what's going on, and, and it, it was, I, you know, the music is definitely a reflection of what your what your life is, yeah. I think, most definitely, no matter what you do. So for us, it was like, well, this is what we kind of music we listen to, this is what we like, we like the music we made, 
and it, it showed. I think people liked it because we actually enjoy what we were doing and, and we could play it effectively. Um, but as we got older, our interests changed. My ideas of what I should be writing lyrics about and what I should be singing and screaming and doing whatever uh, changed and what I wanted to start talking about. Because I, I saw it as a platform for me to talk about things that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. You know, and as a vocalist, like that's pretty much what you're, that's what you do. Yeah. So... I had the same thing. You know, I, I wanted to talk about more <laughs> depressing or serious issues. <laughs> I thought I never thought that I was going to be some kind of you know leader or anything or political genius. But like it was just like, hey, these are the things that I think about, and this is what I think. And but <clears throat> at the same time, I think a lot of bands kind of went in that direction, and we kind of followed suit, but unknowingly. But <clears throat> the lineup changes. Yeah, it, it was so many different. Our opinion on that was always. The band never stops. So, like, if you... Someone leaves, you know, whoever's still interested, we keep going. You know, if someone quits or we have to kick someone out, you know, it doesn't stop because of that. So we had a lot of people that played in the band. And and each person... It's always funny because each person would bring in their own crew of people. Like, we always had new fans because that person knew someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring their friends around and we'd meet new people. Um, But then when they left, that left a hole there. So you had to fill that in with something else and try to find new people and new fans and try to reach a new audience but yeah we definitely didn't stand out enough and then when we i think after i had left they really the thing they always said about macy was it was always on like the verge of like connecting this is this is what they're going to do this is how it's going to sound and then we changed members so the sound would change and then yeah the writing style would change and the last album that they never even released was probably the best album that they they, that those guys ever like put out and it's I think they, they put it up for free to download, so, you know, if people ever <laughs> wanted to hear it, they could, but um, it never really came through. And that's what happens to a lot of people, I think, in, in music, and that's why it's such a bummer all the time to get involved. Because uh, <clears throat> there was never any... I always said there was never, like, leadership. There was never any band that we were friends with or we knew or anything like that that could show us. And, and a lot of people, not just Macyon or not just whatever band, but every band, someone that could take the, like the steps like, Oh, this band succeeded. They, they, this is how they do it. They need that leadership. We never had that. Pittsburgh's never really had those kind of bands that broke through quote unquote. There's a couple here and there, but you never had that. And that was always our problem. Cause that, to get into that scene of music that we were involved in, you needed people that, <clears throat> you know, you need to know people, you need to get connected with people, get on tour and do all this stuff. And, um, it wasn't, enough to just make good music or to try really hard because everyone was making you know the same style of music so yeah there's nothing that stood out so that, that's <clears throat> why i realized at that point in time i said you know i'm I, this is this has got to be done with you know so i moved on and, and did other things sort of but i do miss it a lot and so i i would encourage anyone who likes playing music to just not quit you know, if you enjoy doing it, just do it somehow, some way. But yeah, because like you had mentioned that you, one of your things with stopping music was that you had like other shit that you wanted to do in your life. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I had to grow up. Okay. You know, that's, so that's like what the kind it was. of you felt like you needed to like do like a full time job kind of thing. I tried that for a little bit. I mean, I tried to. F- I was working. I was working two jobs and stuff, and then I uh, decided I wanted to go back to school. Like I was still in the band. When I was I was 22, and I, I thought I should go back to school and and, and get my life together because this obviously isn't getting anywhere. That's how I felt about it, and uh, that's that's kind of what pulled me in that direction. Like now I'm actually 
in school now and, and doing that. And I'm actually almost almost have an associate's degree. So there okay. we go. <laughs> so I guess it's it's kind of move on from one trial to on something else, which is I think the best thing a person can do if if they're gonna you always just got to be keep working on projects and keep doing something with your life and that was kind of what drove me out of playing music was because I felt like I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't going to get anywhere. I wasn't, there wasn't really anywhere for me to get and, and <clears throat> working with people gets difficult. The ones I always tell a story. We had a show. <clears throat> we we're supposed to do this weekend tour in Michigan. We we're supposed to do like three shows in Michigan. The two shows canceled on us. So we had one show that stayed, stayed booked and we drove to Michigan. It was like a nine and a half hour drive. And we went to, and it was some bar we never liked playing in bars because it wasn't really our crowd, and we were trying to play to younger under twenty one crowds. That, that makes sense. To, that With was the, the music kind of you're pe- doing, yeah. yeah, exactly. So we played for a bunch of old heads. There was about five people there, and it was just a miserable experience. I was so tired, and I was—I know a lot of us. I think Jake was sick, and everyone. Was, it was just a bad experience. And I realized on the way home, I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I don't want to drive nine hours to play one show and then try to figure out, try to con some promoter out of giving me 50 bucks for gas you know because that was always a fight too like always had to figure out you know are we going to get gas money for this show are we going to be able to get paid for this show yeah it was never about making money so we can go home and spend it on you know drugs the rock star life or anything like that it <laughs> yeah. was it was hey we need to put gas in our van how are we going to do that if we're not going to get paid and the, the promoters are always trying to not always but uh, a lot of promoters don't want to pay you because they don't make money off you and that, that's that's how it works and that's fair it was just a weird system. The, the whole touring full time and not being an established band, drawing money is, is bad. It's a weird system of how it works. And we tried it out for a long time. It didn't work for us. Some bands they do it and they like doing it and they figure it out and they may have some success. You know, I know like Arcane Haven is touring right now. I don't know. Well, how long did that take them? That took them a long time. Yeah. No, those guys have worked hard. And I, I, yeah. Those guys are those guys are awesome, and they're all really cool dudes. And you know, they deserve everything they have because they work hard, and they've never they've never given up. They've been a band as long as Macyon was, but they have they've never given up on anything. And uh, they're they're really talented guys as well. But you know, they they worked hard. They got the connection together, and, and if that works out for them, I, I and I hope it does. They uh they deserve it, and that'll be one of those bands that people like kids can look up to. One of the bands that people from Pittsburgh like who are trying to play that kind of music and say like oh well, Arcane Haven they're established themselves how did they get to that point how do, how can we get to that point if that's the idea everyone has different opinions on what they want to do with music so just depending on how you look at it so what have you been doing well you're in school yeah I'm in school so yeah. what, what are you what are you going to be when you grow up <laughs> what am I going to be when I grow up I don't know man I don't think I'll ever be able to answer that question I thought I could answer that question two years ago when I started going back to school full time I, I you know <clears throat> the one thing I said, well, what do I want to do with my life? Like, what could I do every day and not get tired of? It was always music before, and that's true, but I got tired of that. So I was like, well, I have to really think about this. And I said, well, what's one thing I really like that, and I could, I'm really interested in the culture of and, and involved with? And I said, well, I like comic books a lot. I said, let me open a comic book store. So how do I get to that point? Well, I should probably go to school and get a business degree and... You know, I'll open a comic book store, and then <clears throat> reality sets in when I get to school and I realize, like, I have to pick an actual, like, profession. Uh, you know, I got into marketing and advertising, because I thought that would be cool, because I was, like, coming up with ways to promote the band when I was doing that. But <clears throat> when I realized, I, you know, once again, another story, I was in class one day, in my marketing class, and we had this 
this advertising, these, these representatives from an advertising firm in Pittsburgh come in to talk, and I'm sitting there listening to these two ladies talk about the job and what the job entails and what the company does. And I look at them and I said, I really have nothing in common with these people. Like, these people are well-dressed, you know, upper-mid-class upper, upper white ladies who are talking, very good-looking people. And I'm like, I'm fat and ugly, you know, <laughs> got tattoos, and I got a weird sense of, you know, the way things are in life. So I thought, maybe this isn't what I should do. So I really can't answer that question. I'm almost done with my business associate's degree, so I'll have that. And But, you know, just I... I think you just try to find, just constantly trying to figure out what it is. So I really yeah. still can't answer that question. I think I'm, that. Uh, what do you, well, I mean? I think that like a small thing of like why I've kind of stuck with music so long is because I don't know what the fuck I would do if I stopped. Yeah, yeah, it, it's tough. I think about I it a lot. I don't know. I mean, I'm still having fun, um, but if I were to like do something else, I don't. I don't fucking know. <clears throat> the one thing that always drove me as a band when I was in wasn't when I was in Mason and I was doing music is I said I really want to connect with people and like that's I think part of performing is like you want to connect with people and you want to make them happy or enjoy it. I felt like you know I always wanted to help people. I heard someone once say like if I can help and a lot of bands say this, but the first time I ever heard it, I was a kid and I was probably eighteen. And I heard some guy from a band say like. If I can have one kid tell me I made his life better or I made a difference in his life, that that's that I succeeded. Yeah. So I wasn't involved in music. I figure like now, like how can I help people? How can I make the world a better place? Uh, you know, what can I do to do that? So I've been studying a lot of you know going to school next in the fall. I'll be going to hopefully going to Pitt to do sociology, uh, philosophy, and that kind of stuff. I want to teach. I think that's really cool. what I think that's really what it is. So I think the question of what do you be? What do you want to be when you grow up? Is uh, be a teacher. Back to that, like I said. Back to was, the history teacher. When I was when I was twelve years old, I wanted to be a history teacher. But <laughs> now I now it's I feel like maybe I'll just teach uh, philosophy or something and be one of those guys stroking my beard with my uh, my my pipe and you know I have good eyesight, but hopefully by then I'll I'll have bad eyesight so I can get glasses. <laughs> you know, wear like a a flannel shirt all the time or something. I just uh, had this. I just had a revelation. We were talking about um, shows and, like, people that come and see you and, you know, changing their life and things like that. The past couple shows that I've played with Sykes have been really good because they've been bigger draws. And I haven't been playing to just bands. And I think that what happened, this might have happened for Macy too, is, like, a lot of the time when you're playing shows nobody comes so you're playing to a room full of people that are in the other bands like everybody's in a band and somebody that's in a band isn't gonna watch you as a fan or in the same way as somebody that doesn't do music like they're if I'm watching bands I'm like analyzing stage presence and performance and all these things like somebody does something that looks dumb I'm gonna be like I'll make sure I never do that and like I'm always I don't look at it in the same perspective as somebody that's like completely ignorant to that and can just like take a live performance in is like, this is something that's awesome because I don't understand how any of this works. It's really similar to like watching a movie. If you have like a film degree, like Mm -hmm. it changes it. And I never thought about it before, but I think that a reason why it was so hard to get any sort of uh, like, like read how well your shows are doing is because you're just dealing with you're playing for other bands that are just like eyeballing you and judging you 
and then you very rarely get the chance to have somebody come up to you and be like, that was awesome, it was so good, because there's not re- just... Yeah, you have there, none of that confirmation. There's like, none oh, of that, like, because nobody's going to... It's always like a real skeptical kind of confirmation yeah. from other yeah, bands. Yeah. yeah. Just like, yeah, good job, man, good job. Like, I don't do say that. that to bands if I don't think... Their show was sweet. Oh, so you're a better man than I was, because that's truthful. And, and to be, I think to be to like have truth in what you say to people is important, no matter what it is. Um, but I always remember never watching bands play. Like I, I would do it every so often, and there were certain bands that we'd play with consistently that I would actually enjoy watching. I remember the one band a long time ago was What's Leftover. I used to always watch them because I always enjoyed those guys, and they were always fun, and they were really like nice guys. Super cool dudes, and they they were supportive of us. So I always felt like I like these guys. The music's fun. I'm gonna support them. Uh, and there was other bands here and there that that we'd play with, or that I've had the opportunity to play with, or like the privilege to play with that I would watch. You know, touring bands and even bands that were just good. You know, local bands. <clears throat> but I didn't watch a lot of the bands, and it wasn't because I didn't care. But it was mostly because I didn't care because I I, <laughs> I was I, I tried to care and I supported these bands for making music, but I I was always jealous. I was it was always a competition for me. Okay, like that's always yeah. what it was. I always felt like we have to be better than this band or why is this band more popular than us or why is this band? And if that's like a wrong way to look at it, like I can understand that now. But then it was always trying to make my band successful and known so people would come want to see us play. That was the idea. So, and I would take in ideas, but I never really watched a lot of the bands. Or I, at first, I did, and then I didn't. But I always say like, "Oh, good job, man! Hey, good job!" Like, and and in a way, I, I felt like that was kind of wrong of me because I didn't actually watch them play. Sometimes yeah, you don't I would know only if they wa- did good. I would only watch like maybe one or two songs, and I would dip. But at the same time, I, I felt like it was like that positive reinforcement. Like, hey, you guys got up there and you played, and good job. Because I, when I first started playing music before Mason, I was it was shit. It was the worst thing ever, and it was terrible. And I know that. So when I watch bands, these younger bands, when I was still playing music, come up there for the first time and the second time and play a, a set, and it was just god awful. I wouldn't say like you know, hey, you guys stunk, or I wouldn't say anything. I would try to be. Uh, positive and say good job you know you know is this your first show or they say oh that's our first show I said you know keep playing or doing something because people did that to us and we played with a couple bands and there was this one band that we played with from Oklahoma one time and they were really talented they were older dudes but they were really talented and the one guy watched our entire set and afterwards he said hey good job and you know gave us all congratulations but he said uh you know you guys are you guys are rough. He said, "No, I, I can see you guys haven't played a lot of shows." And we're like, "Yeah, we haven't really done a lot." And he said, "Keep playing, you know, keep working at it." And that was inspirational for me. It was an influential, on my opinion, of what I should be doing. So, I tried to do that back. I felt like I should give back to the community that's given a lot to me. Yeah. Because through all of it, I, I did receive a lot from people. I've met a lot of people. You know, I wouldn't know you if I didn't play in Mason or whatever band. Yeah. I mean, the first time I ever saw you play was at Giorgio's, and you had some, like, gigged-up situation where you... It was the Halloween show, and you, like, cut yourself open or something, yep. and you had this fake blood everywhere, and I thought, yep. that is the coolest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I've never seen someone give so much effort to entertaining people in, like, a, a, like a, a small little, like, banquet hall. You know, and that was cool, because that was inspirational for me, honestly, because... I felt like, well, I gotta step my shit up because this guy's cutting himself open on stage and, you know, <laughs> pretending to bleed out everywhere. So, like, people were like, oh, this guy, this is crazy. I remember people just, I, people were surprised. And I said, well, that's cool. I said, I should do more cool stuff when I play because who just wants to watch my fat ass stand there and just bore them to death? So, let me get more involved with the crowd or, 
or try to do that. And I used to always get shit for that from other people in the band, but <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was what it was, and it was fun. And once once again, the whole thing always is supposed to be fun. So yeah, but I'm all done with that, dude. So. I want to ask you a question. I, I, is that cool? Can I ask yeah, you a question? Yeah, totally. Since you're the host of the show. I don't no, want to throw totally. I don't know if you've answered this question, if anyone's asked you this question yet on the, on the show, but you're, yeah. a, you're a big uh, Ninja Turtles fan. Yeah, sure. So sure. so what did you think? Because this is kind of my area now, all this nerddom and stuff. Okay, yeah, so, we, can, we can get into the nerd stuff. Well, that's for fine. Sure. But what about, what about the new movie? What do you think? I think it looks cool. All right. You're probably one of the biggest Ninja Turtle fans that I know. So I, I think that, like... People, like, I mean, uh, I don't know how to, like, word it. Just people need to shut up. Like, with, like, complaining about shit. Just, like... I can definitely understand fucking, that, It's, yeah. like, I'm 28 years old. It's a Ninja Turtles movie. No. It's either gonna be good or it's not gonna be good. But I think it looks kinda cool. I think it'll be good. Because, like... I don't know. You've never seen... I've never seen the Turtles in something that looks so, like high stakes like yeah it looks like hollywood schlock buildings exploding things falling over people with guns but to see like the ninja turtles in that type of environment for an hour and a half yeah i'm into it it's definitely got a, <laughs> like it's, why not it's got a different perspective to it than the original movies but oh, yeah you have to think about it like i think no one's like 60 years old and says Ninja Turtles is... I mean, there might be some people out there, but no one no one was in their 40s or... Their 30s or 40s when the original ones came out and thought, this is really cool. They may have thought, this is it is what it is, but it's kind of goofy. And, and it was always marketed for kids. I mean, they had yeah. toys and all that. So people that were kids when the movies came out, that's what it influenced. And that's why it is as popular as it is, because the kids loved it so much. So... And I know it was a comic book beforehand, but and people, adults read it, but at the same time, it was a big thing for kids. So, when you're reintroducing this entire franchise, they had that cartoon movie they did, that like CGI movie. Yeah, which ago. was awesome. You liked it? I, yeah. I, I, you know, it was what it was. I was expecting, you know, I was always expecting the the first two movies. Always, yeah, you know, no, but... I... It... I mean, I like the third one. I like third the third movie. I, I used yeah, to watch like the third all, one all like, the time. I like man. all of it. It's just, yeah. it's all different. It's all different takes. Yeah. And, but it all holds, like, the same basis. Like, the yeah. same uh, general idea. And then people toy with it. And it's fine. Yeah. Like, I like, mm-hmm. I, I like the, like, the original TV show and the first two movies more than anything. No. But, um, I always welcome other things like I'll watch it and I don't think that it's I think it's really really dumb uh, fucking Megan Fox fucking Michael Bay fucking this it's, uh. Michael Bay Michael like we're not talking about even for like Transformers even that's like dumb to complain about Yeah, it's just like we're not talking about Schindler's List exactly we're talking about exactly. a fucking you know the Ninja Turtles we're talking about Star Wars. We're talking about Star Trek. You know, yeah, exactly. Whatever. It's just it's entertainment. Is yeah, what it really is. I mean, I mean, all movies are entertainment, but these movies are pure like entertainment, like any Michael Bay film. But it's, he's successful at it. Yeah. His movies have done well because that means that people want to be entertained for two hours. Like that, there's nothing wrong with that. So of course, him being involved with the project can kind of get some fans maybe all riled up yeah, because they don't... just like to complain. Exactly. And I think people expect things to stay the same when they, they need to change. You know, you have to change the style of the movie to make it more appealing for people, for younger kids who are used to this kind of stuff now. Yeah. They want a CGI and they want explosions and they want the grand scale. 
you know, and that's who you're marketing this movie to, regardless of the fact that 30-year-olds, 20-year-olds watch movies growing up, they want kids to get involved, because that's how you make it successful for another 20 years, yes. another 30 years, you make kids get on, you know, so, and as a wrestling fan, I don't talk about wrestling too much, but that's, that's everyone complains about the same thing, it's too kiddy, or it's, it's too this, or it's too that, right now, or in the last couple of years, because the style's changed, but it's because they want kids to get involved, they want the kids to think, oh when I grow up because that's what happened to me I watched as a kid grow up and yeah, I was like oh if, if you weren't hooked in as a child you wouldn't exactly, be watching it exactly now. exactly so I don't know I just wanted to I wanted to ask you because I know you're you're probably the biggest fan I, I, I know of the TMNT stuff and I, I figured you know I'll see what he thinks because I thought it looked alright yeah, I thought it looks I, pretty cool I think it looks fine and if I'm gonna go see it and if it yeah. sucks Okay. What about the nostrils, though? Like, the, the nostrils on the turtles. But... Whatever. It's... I was really bugged out by the way the turtles looked in that CGI movie. Like, yeah. prior to seeing it. But, like, you know, 20 minutes into the movie, I'm not even thinking about it anymore. I, I'm really glad that you, you can appreciate the, the CGI movie. Because that was, like, pure, like, Cartoon Network type stuff. Like, this is for kids. This is what that was. Sure, stylistically. But yeah. the story seemed like it was written by somebody that actually gave a okay. fuck. Okay. I'm, I, 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 like I said, I've seen it and I, uh, I wasn't, I guess I was expecting something else, but, and I'm not a huge, like, I, I grew up with the, the movies and the cartoon, but I was kind of bummed out by that. No, it's good, man. I'd go back and watch it if I was you. It, like, it picks up, like, right where Secret of the Use could have left off. Okay. It's awesome. It's like, Leonardo goes on, like, hiatus into, like, the safari or some shit for yeah. a few years and, like... He comes back, and, like, while he was gone, like, they haven't been fighting crime at all, and Michelangelo's, like, doing birthday parties for fun, like, in <laughs> a turtle right, costume, <laughs> and Donatello's just, like, doing, like, IT work from the basement, and Raphael's, like, a vigilante kind yeah, of crime fighter. You know what, that's, that's definitely, like, a comic book. I don't know who wrote that movie, but it definitely seems like a comic it's book cool. kind of deal. It's cool, and, like, there's a, there's a the fight scene in the movie when, uh... Leonardo comes back and he's like going after the vigilante and like they're fighting on the roof and then like I don't know the vigilante gets knocked over and his hood comes off and it's Raphael and it's so then it's like this like dramatic fight where like it's Leonardo versus Raphael they actually have the fight and it's like raining and like they do that shot where it's like close up on one person's eyes and the other person's eyes and like um you're just like oh shit this is about to happen it's like the fight that you always thought could happen, yeah, but it's like for real. That's like I had chills. <laughs> we, and I was know, like twenty three years old. Like yeah. I had chills in the movie theater over that yeah. shit. That's like I, you know, when I read, I, I've read the book. It's the Dark Knight Returns. It's Batman, and it's like a, it's set. You know, I guess in uh, past tense now, but it was written in like the mid eighties. So it was the future. It was like two thousand or something. Okay. Batman's all old, and he kind of retires, and then he comes back because the shits gets all Gotham gets all fucked up. But there's in the in the book, uh, they uh, Batman and Superman have like a, a showdown, like they fight. And I read the book, and then they recently put out like the an animated movie uh, for it. And when I saw the movie, I was like, it was like this shit's about to go down. Like it's not the same thing. Like this shit, Batman and Superman really gonna about to slug it out. Like, and that's that's what everyone wants to see. That's, that's yeah, it was really. It's everyone's really good. got their favorite man. Are you familiar with Turtles Forever? No, no. This is something you should check out too. It's uh, it was. Turtles Forever is, like, a mini-movie that was actually part of, like, the the 2000 series Ninja Turtles. Okay. Um, where they did, like, it was, like, three or four episodes, 
but they like eventually that went in a row, but then they put it together and made like a movie out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like the turtles, uh, the 2000 turtles somehow either go back in time or somehow the worlds collide. So it's like the eighties turtles and the two thousands turtles merge sweet. and all of the villains are together too. So it's like there's eight turtles and they're drawn like the eighties and like the two thousands yeah. with like shredder, Krang, bebop, rock steady, Plus the villains from the 2000s turtles, like all together. Okay. And the voice acting and the styles of draw, it's done so fucking cool. It's called Turtles Forever. Turtles Forever. That is a badass name too. It's yeah. fucking awesome. They're doing the same thing right now. Uh, on a comic book sense, the the X Men have uh, there's an X Men series where they bring back like the original X Men from the 60s, like into the, like the present time. Oh, cool. Some, some kind of weird situation that happens, and uh, it's them like, fighting with each other, because, like I guess at this point in time in the X-Men universe of comics, the X-Men are split up, and there's all these, like, different factions of X-Men. So, yeah, they're fighting, and it's, like, the, so they'll bring back, like, these villains that, like, fought them back in, like, the 60s. They'll come back, or, like, they'll have guys from the future, like, why are there two Cyclopses, or what, where, why is there two, you know, <laughs> Jean Greys going on right now? So, yeah. Anytime you can merge, like, the old stuff and the new stuff and have some kind of weird time travel storyline I'm, I'm definitely interested yeah it, it's really cool i i haven't watched turtles forever in a while um i remember anticipating a dvd release of it for a long time and then i stopped looking <laughs> so i'm sure that like it probably exists now well when's it from is it from uh is it 2000 time frame, i would right? say maybe like it happened a little bit later. Okay. I want to say maybe 2007 or 2008. Because the 2000 Turtles, that was like 2001 or two, but it lasted for a while. And it went off in some weird like spin-offs Okay. nobody paid attention to. I yeah. don't know. There's a, there was a lot of... I don't remember ever watching like the later cartoons or anything like that or series. I, I remember growing up watching the original one, watching the movies... And I'm glad that you said you really liked the third one, because I watched the shit out of the third one growing up. I had the VHS, yeah. with, like, the, the slide out, and you push the sides, the plastic case, and... <laughs> I know, liked man. it a lot more when I was younger than I do now. <laughs> yeah. But it was still awesome. There was a, uh, at Showcase Cinemas in Monroeville, there was, like, a coloring contest for okay. the third Ninja Turtles movie, and okay. I won the coloring uh, contest, is. so I got, like, the movie poster... And some other shit that I don't fucking I don't have it anymore. I have the third movie poster now because I bought it again. I have all three of them. I used to have them all framed. Man, I always regret throwing. I I was just the other day. I was at or uh, the other month at the Steel City Con, and there was this guy that had this old like Mattel knight knights and like castle thing. Yeah, and I loved the shit that growing up, and I was like, I wish I still had that. And I always say that I had one of those. Ghostbusters uh, headquarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime you go to any kind of toy show or comic book thing, they're, they're always there. And oh, they're, yeah. They're like three hundred dollars now. I'm like, I had that, and I had the car, and I had all that shit. I'm like, where where to go, man? Yeah, there was. Why get rid of it? All of this, but, like, um, uh, I really regret the like ages like twelve to fourteen phase of my life, yeah. where like there's like this weird thing that happens and you feel like you're like too cool for all of this shit yeah. so yeah. it either goes away gets sold gets donated 
or whatever. And then, like, you, like, 14, 15, 16, you start to realize that all that shit was still cool. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, why'd I get rid of that? Yeah, I'm glad I never really got into reading comics when I was a kid because I threw away pretty much all of my toys, all of the stuff I had. I mean, at one point in time, I sold all of my CDs because I was just like, well, I don't need this anymore because, you know, we live in a digital era where you can just download, yeah. you know, anything for free unless you collect records, which is a, com- <laughs> a completely different thing. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's different. Um, but, yeah, I, I threw away all my stuff when I was, like, 13 because I still had it, and I was uh-huh. like, well, I don't need this anymore. But I see all these action figures that are, like, not really worth a lot, but... If I still had them, like I could use that ten dollars for that action figure. Yeah. Or I could use that twenty dollars for that, you know, that one X Men figure I had. Or, but I'm glad I never read comics because I would have thrown those away too. Those would have gotten lost. And sometimes those nowadays those probably can be worth some some money. But it, you just kind of grow out of that stuff. Yeah, you know? I never I never got into comics too much. Like I have, like down there, like those two. That's the comics that I have. Yeah, Akira. That of course I have all the Akira books. Yeah. Um, on the right there, that's like double stack there's another pile of comics that are behind that but i don't have a whole lot um yeah that's a weird thing to get into uh (laughs) i i don't know i just never got into reading in general yeah like i love cartoons and i like the concept of comic books it's pretty much every comic book that i have is probably probably like it's connected to uh some kind of universe. something else yeah. it's connected well, to something else i have a big fan of like expanded universes for any kind of pop culture thing okay like so anytime you can make um like resident evil is a good example of this like i don't necessarily i play the games when i was a kid and the movies were always really bad like the, the later ones i like the first one the first one and second one were good i thought the third one was shitty and then it just got worse from there and i think they made like five movies total yeah i think there's six six yes there's yeah, a lot of them there's a lot man i don't even know how many, <laughs> there, is. That's how many there are but i always like respected that because you have like the video games you have the movies you have multiple movies of like the people aren't going to go see so somehow someone convinces someone to pay for this thing to come out like, to get made and you have expanding universes like i growing up i was a fan of this movie called the highlander and, you know, I saw it when I was a kid, so I got really into it. And they had, like, a TV show. They had two TV shows. They had a cartoon. They had, they have, like, five or six movies, and they're all... After the first one, they're all really shitty, and the first one's questionable. If you're really into that kind of stuff, you won't, you won't <laughs> like it. It's this really weird sci-fi, like, you know, sword movie. But, um, you know, they just have... And they have comic books, and they have all this stuff. So, like, this expanded universe is, like... I can respect that. I think that's cool. Yeah. That there's that someone has such a story to tell. That's the thing that uh, Joss Whedon's real big on that. The like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah. continued as a comic book, and I know yeah. he did that with like Firefly, Serenity yeah. stuff. Yeah, as well. and those comic and books are successful. I too. love Buffy and Firefly, mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to read the comics to like. But I still think that, like, it wouldn't, like, resonate with me the same as just, like, watching an episode. Yeah, it's, you know... It's I think not... it's partially me just being lazy and, like, cheap, too, because it's, it's like... It's hard to collect comics you, and yeah, buy it I possibly. mean, older comics were more like a book, mm-hmm. and there was a lot to it. You yeah. can buy a comic now. I mean, I flip through them. I know there's, like, ten pages of actual <laughs> material yeah, with, like, a lot of other shit filtered in between. The splash page joke Yeah, you can read have. a comic and, like... Two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Unless you want to like collect it, there's I. The hard thing is is writing is reading old comic books. Like I, I, it's. It took me. There's a book called Crisis on Infinite Earths from DC, and it's about how in in the the comic book world there's like multiple different universes to explain like different stories that have happened throughout the history of DC. This was written in the 80s. It's like 83 or 84, and it's there's a lot of dialogue. 
there's a lot of panels. Like the, yeah. the panels are small compared to now. It's like half the page is one panel, or it could be the whole page. Yeah. You know, and it's taken. It took me probably six months continuously trying to read this because I would read it for like a, an hour and get through like two pages because there's so much dialogue to read. And it's like <laughs> it's so much back and forth conversation, and it's not like you're reading War and Peace, but at the same time, like the dialogue is kind of cheesy because it's old comic books and they're kind of silly and it's not really my generation. Gap. It, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, comics now, you can read, I can read a comic and even a graphic novel, like a full-fledged graphic novel in like an hour, hour and a half, if I sit yeah. down and actually read it, because they just, you know, it's different. And, and so it makes it easier for certain people to read comics, and I think that's kind of why they do it, but um, it also kind of hurts the story, you know, it kind of hurts the writing, because there's a lot of good books that were written before the 90s when all this started happening, more so than there is in the last 10, 20 years, so... How did you get into the comic thing? If you weren't doing it when you were younger, like well, that's as a, a kid. Yeah, that's weird. Cause I, I, uh, I never really. I read some comics. I bought some here and there, but I never like collected. I didn't read constantly. Get some X Men comics because the show was real big. The X Men mm-hmm. cartoon was huge at the time, so I always get X Men comics if I could. Um, but my dad, I used to, I, we, my, me and my dad played this card game. It was, it was like this wrestling card game, but it was like a comic booky deal because it was this futuristic thing. So I, he played that because my dad's a big nerd, and that's kind of how I got into being such a nerd, I think, is, okay. is because of that. I inherited from him, but he played this card game, and he got me into it, and we would it was wrestling-related, so we liked wrestling, so we did all that. Um, and then the one time we went to this comic book convention, the Pittsburgh Comic Con, like when I was like 13, 12 or 13, and we went, and that was really when I was like, comic books are badass. Like, I don't know what it was. It just instantly sucked me oh, in. Oh, sure, you're in it, that environment. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I mean I, you've been done I'm the, 28, and you know, it's like, I go to those shows, and I'm still yeah. like, I'll be walking around for enough hours, and I'm like, you know, maybe I want to look through some comic books. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, what am I missing? Exactly. Like, you get involved in that. <laughs> I, just, I was like thrown in the deep end, kind of, right yeah. off the bat. Um and I don't know, it just stuck with me, and it took me a little while to start actually reading comics. It wasn't until I was, like, 18 or 19 that I really started kind of picking it back up, but what I would always do is I would always, you know, because the internet's a wonderful place, and you know, Wikipedia, that I would just read Wikipedia articles about certain characters and, like, knew what was going on. So it kind of stuck with me, and it was kind of a nostalgic thing for me to start reading comic books again, because at that point in time, when I was 13, I, I started for a little bit, and then you stop because it's, it's hard to continue to keep that habit up. Yeah. So I did that for a little while, and then I... Uh, when I was a, older and I was an adult, I one day just decided to go to a comic book store uh, in Pittsburgh called Ides. Yeah. And I went to Ides with uh, some friends of mine, and I bought. I was like, I'm gonna buy a comic book because I didn't really, I didn't know what to buy, so I just picked one out, and it's a thing called Civil War. It's this old Marvel storyline they did, and I'd heard of it, and it was supposed to be really good, so I, I bought the couple issues and started reading. And I was hooked like instantly. Like, I read the issues, I bought, like, four issues, and I read through them, and then, like, the next day, I was like, alright, I gotta go find more comic book stores. <laughs> I was, I don't know what, I, I went to the one in Monroeville, where I, I live closer to Monroeville, so it's easier for me to go there. So I did that, and it was just, ever since then, like, I just, just, it got hooked. I don't know. It's like getting into anything, you know. Uh, <laughs> I guess the same way with music. I was a kid, and bought a couple CDs, and was like, I want to do this. I don't know. Yeah. So I think that when, when you ask, like, what do you want to be when you grow up, I don't think I'm ever going to actually grow up, because I'm too interested in in doing dorky things, but things that catch my eye. If like you're things, smart, you can find that, a way to apply them to your adult life, and well, yeah. make yeah. some sort of a 
Well, things that always out of it. The things catch me and like suck me in quickly. Like I'm like, all right, this is cool as shit. And then, I, you know, I'll actually spend time to get into it. And if I stick with it, then I was like, okay, well, I'm actually into this. And if not, you know, I, you know, certain movies and that's like the thing with TV shows. Watching TV shows, there's so many TV shows out there that are good. And everyone's like, oh, like Firefly. I, I've watched Firefly. I'm not really a huge fan. I've tried, and it's like, uh, well, hey. You know, it's it good. It I enjoy the. Speak to you. It doesn't speak I, I enjoy to you. like the steampunky kind of thing, but I don't know. I've watched it. I'm like, I don't really. I think it's that the, the actor, the main character. That guy really irritates me sometimes. I don't like him. So Nathan Fillon. Yeah, I don't know what it yeah, is. I love Nathan. I Fillon. know. I don't know what it is, man. I mean, hey, whatever. My, my roommate, my, my friend Donnie, he's always like, he loves that show. He likes the movie, and he's like, you should watch this. We watched it one day. We watched a couple episodes, and I was like, I can't. I I've can't tried do to it. show it to people too. It's, it's better to like. Be honest about it, though, instead of just being like, oh, yeah, that's awesome, and then yeah. really, like, you yeah. don't like it. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's, I don't take offense to, like, things like that. I feel like, especially with a lot of nerd <laughs> you're people. Gr- you're a grown-up. You know, we, <laughs> like, you're, you're, you know, you're we realistic can, about it. You're like, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean you like Firefly? Yeah. Huh? It's the best TV show ever. You, you just it. didn't watch it. You just don't get it. You, you don't, don't understand. You, you don't get it is my favorite thing for everything, because there's always people throwing that out there, whether it's comics or whether it's movies or whether it's music you know i just remember being people always trying to force music on me like well you should listen to this band they're really good and i'm like i don't really like all that i don't like like a band like like dillinger escape plan it's a good example i I, dillinger those guys are talented i don't deny that and i respect them for the ability that they have and it's something that i could never do and they're talented not a huge fan of the music i don't like that style that much um you know it's I know they've changed style maybe a little bit recently. I don't know. I, I tried it and I never got into it. People would always tell me like I can't believe it. like they would be shocked by telling me like Dillinger <laughs> or like I didn't like Between the Buried Me all that much. Like I'm like yeah that's cool but I'm not really that into it. And they're like what do you mean like you just don't get it? I'm like what is there to get? Like I don't get that I don't like you know I get that I don't like it. So and you know entertainment and in, in, in pop culture it's 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 all perspective man. It, it's all about what a person connects with and what they think like that's cool. A lot of movies that I think are super sweet movies are terrible movies, but I'm like, this is a sweet... Like, The Warriors, man, is my favorite yeah. movie of all time. And or I Big was, Trouble in Little China. Yep, <laughs> Big Trouble in China. And people are like, what do you mean? They're just like, and they watch it, and they don't they don't like it. And I'm like, wow, what do you mean you don't like they it? They don't get it. And they, like, they don't get it. But then I realized, like, well, you know, it's not a good movie. It, it's a cheesy freaking movie, and it, it's silly, but... For something about it just connected with me and I just yeah. like that, that movie or that, that comic book or that I that think album. it goes back to the beginning of this conversation whereas like it's genuine. No. Like the Warriors like they made that movie they like were like they weren't trying to make some like huge thing they were just like we want to make this sweet little street gang movie yeah. and like they probably had a lot of fun making it That's and it shows so it's super yeah. genuine it's yeah. just that it doesn't matter I'd say I feel also tying back into like watching like younger local bands that are bad mm-hmm. it's like if i feel like they're up there and they're like you can tell that they're like getting it and they're trying and they're having fun yeah. it's like i might not like this music but i like them as like people or yeah. as kids and i yeah. think that just seeing somebody that's creative and has their heart in the right place and trying to apply it even if like the output is not like great yeah Exactly. Still, I think it's like the more the it's more to me. What's more important is the fact that somebody's doing something, and if they get at it, if they stick with it, they'll get better. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I think people tend to 
when I talked about not being honest with bands before about saying like, yeah, you guys are good, and I never watched them play, um, or that would happen sometimes. It didn't happen all the time, to be clear. Pretty <laughs> well, there's like who may be like, oh yeah, that guy's an asshole for that. <laughs> I just want to clarify, I don't, I wasn't that bad. He said my band was good. <laughs> yeah, damn. Um, but no, I, I think the idea, and this is what happens in the military, at least from my understanding, is that everyone goes through like basic training go through boot camp you go through specific training so you kind of when you get out you have that respect for your your fellow soldier your your partner he's a guy that you're gonna be involved with and like you have that respect for him because he went through the same thing you went through and, and that's kind of what it was for me and, and now that i look back on it, i can kind of put my finger on it like i had respect for people to go out there and do this as i got older and had been doing it for a while when i saw a bunch of kids who were 16 years old playing their you know the crate amps and their their you know pearl like the little three-piece drum sets like i can see what you guys are trying to do and i can respect that like keep working at it keep keep trying because you'll never um you know you'll never really know what you can do if you give up on it so like i i always tried to be positive i think that's what i was trying to do i think we have to respect each other more and like say well we're all going through the same thing yeah and in a larger sense we're all going through the same thing as humans so like let's just deal with yeah, that but that, that was a thing that i always uh battled with when it came to bands that had like like slight ego problems or yeah. thinking that they should be somewhere where they're not like yeah. Uh, we've been a local band for three and a half years. We're not selling your tickets. Fuck you. Dude, It's like, well, you're still here. We're all still here. Yeah. You're still playing the fire hall show with the 17-year-olds that have been a band for a month, mm-hmm. regardless if you've been a band for three years. And we're, in the sa- we're in the same position. <laughs> because so they put you higher on the like, bill. Yeah. Because you, they put you higher on the bill does not mean that you're better than anyone yeah, else. Yeah, it's why can't we like work together and yeah. community is a tough th- yeah community is a tough thing in pittsburgh community community in the music scene is a very difficult thing and there are certain music scenes that actually have that and i see a lot of bands that have support in like the punk scene the hardcore scene like they have a better system and it's always been that way i mean that that entire genre of music is built on that from my understanding of it like that's built on certain morals and values and community and and diy ethics to do it ourselves and let's make something different you know, with stuff I was doing in, in Mason, we didn't have a lot of that in those bands. They didn't really care about anyone else. And, you know, it's bad, but <clears throat> it's just the way it is. But I feel like a lot of promoters, at the same time, I always felt like, because I'm definitely guilty of saying, like, we're not going to sell tickets for your show. Because the thing to me was that if you're going to ask us to, like, be, because people would say, like, can you guys headline the show? Or can you guys be, like, the headliners on the show? You're asking us to sell tickets for a show that you want us to headline that you're going to make money off of. And sometimes promoters made money, sometimes they didn't. That's like the great debate as to who's making money and who's not making money. And I've seen promoters make money off shows and tell you they don't make money. And I've seen promoters lose hundreds of dollars and everyone thinks, well, that guy makes all sorts of money off his shows. Yeah. You know, Bill from Concert Chaos, I mean, he would do shows and make money, but he would do shows and lose a lot of money too. And everyone always gave him a hard time about doing shows and not paying the bands or making bands sell tickets for shows or sell 50 tickets, but I'm going to stack this show with a bunch of touring bands that people are going to want to come see. So the least you could do is say, well, let me make an effort to get people to come to this show. And it, I always remember the, the argument I always had when we played with Devil Wars Prada, it was the easiest show to sell tickets for because everyone was going to go. They wanted us to sell tickets. We didn't have to sell a specific amount, but they said, here's 100 tickets. See if you can. We sold like 100 tickets because everyone was going to go to that show. 
if you are accepting shows that you can't move tickets for, you shouldn't be accepting those shows. Yeah, definitely. And all you're definitely. doing, all you're doing, is reinforcing the idea that any band who's on a label or is on some kind of booking agency is important. And that's not the case. There's a lot of bands that get signed that aren't good and no one cares about. You know, if they're good and people care about them, they'll come to the show. But why should a band sell 25 tickets for a show or 50 tickets for a touring package and only 45 people show up? So there's 50 people that have tickets and there's still people missing, you know? Because uh-huh. no one cares, you know? So don't book these bands or don't just don't take the show and say, oh, it's okay, I can pass on this. But I think a lot of younger bands always feel like they need to play bigger shows and they get swayed by promoters. And some promoters are questionable as far as actually <laughs> making a good shows good. Well, you know? I think that it's real easy to think that something like... Like, I'm in a metal band, and my metal band got asked to open for Kill Switch Engage. Just throwing a name out there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is an amazing opportunity. You know, blah, 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 blah. What you don't realize is that you play at, like, 6 o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> before anybody minutes. gets there. For 15 and minutes. <laughs> nobody from Kill Switch Engage is watching you. No. If they're even in town yet, no. they're probably on their bus. And it's not, yeah. like... It was a pretty surreal experience when I played with, uh, we played, to go back to the Worst Prada show, we played, and, um, like, after the show, I remember the one guy saying, like, I don't know, he was, like, the keyboard player, the one that no one really knows, you know, it was whatever, but he was like, oh, you guys did a good job, and he's probably doing the same thing that I did, and I realized that, he's like, he's probably telling me the same line that I told all these other bands, he probably didn't watch the thing, someone asked him, like, probably, like, did you see us play, and it's like, why do I care if they saw us play? Like, if they're not interested to watch us play, then I'm not going to ask them, like, did you see us play? And, and you know, no one watches. And, and I mean, the, the one thing about that show, and there's other shows we had played <clears throat> that were good, was that people, there was a lot of people there to watch you play. And that was cool, but, you know, those same people aren't going to come to your show in two weeks from now because they're not there to see you play. And they may, yeah. you may get, like, five people that thought, oh, those guys were good, let me buy their CD or buy a T-shirt. You know, and add them on, you know, follow them on Facebook or something. But those 300, 400, 500 people that are actually there, they don't really, they don't really care. And and the idea is to go out there and perform. But at that point in time, you're just a ticket machine. Like it could be any band in that position. It doesn't matter. I know because a lot of when you have larger shows, there's a lot of people that don't actually, they don't give a shit what you sound like. Oh yeah, they're just stoked to be, you know, the kids that are just stoked to be seeing their favorite band play right now. They don't give a shit if it's you or if it was, you know, if it was Macy or if it was Sykes or if it was any other local band. It could have been any of these bands and they had the same reaction. So there's no difference there except that you're just getting the opportunity to perform for a bunch of people. And honestly, I always like playing smaller shows. If I could play on a floor for 25 people and actually make friends with those people after the show, that was cool. Playing for 500 people was cool, but you know it's so impersonal and like it's just like i don't know these people i'm not gonna know them after the show i'm never gonna see them again probably and you know i'll get a couple handshakes and like that's that's cool someone enjoy themselves while i played but you know it wasn't really i I think i got out of that that was another thing is i just realized that it's not that's not for me you know i'd rather play on a floor you know yeah that's why i always like seeing you know old fears play because like that's exactly what i wish i was doing <laughs> like that's what i that's why i always like thought like that was that's cool as shit and that's different and that's fun and that's what i was looking for not like trying to be you know the next uh ronnie radke or you <laughs> know sleeping with sirens or whatever the hell those bands are <clears throat> you know hawthorne heights you know it was never the part of the plan for me i just wanted to 
get out there and cause a ruckus. Cause a ruckus. That that was that was that's 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 the perfect term for it. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. Fuck what, some shit up. Yeah. What kind of music are you listening to now, if anything? <sighs> Dude, I was. Uh, <laughs> it's tough, man. I've been listening to a lot recently for some reason. A, a lot of Dire Straits. Okay. The if no one if if anyone can tell you that the opening riff from Money for Nothing is not sweet, then they're probably lying because it's yeah. a sweet start to the song. It's a cool song. Um, that uh, I'm trying to think other styles of music. Um, been listening to Knuckle Puck for some reason. I'm not really into the whole pop punk revival. Like Wonder Years are cool. I like their music, but all the other bands I'm not a huge fan of, like Transit and all these other bands that everyone's telling you you should listen to, and it's like, sure. I don't know, um, you know, I just don't get it, apparently, at this point in time, either. But, uh, Knuckle Puck's been cool, um, uh, ASAP Rocky, and, and a lot more hip-hop in my life now. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, it's tough. I, I just listen to so much different stuff. Everyone always says that, so I wish I could give you a specific, uh, uh, thing. Um, nah, I mean, I I can relate. I'm all over the map, you know. Yeah, I'll... yeah. It's tough. It's so hard for me because like I, I was just I was working on some stuff. But for nothing early. like what you were. Nothing like you're doing with Macy. And... Not really. I mean, there's. I mean, it doesn't really exist anymore. I guess like there are bands that are kind of in that style, and in a couple of years, you're gonna see bands doing that shit again. Because when I was like starting out, pop punk was like on its way, like ass end, and now pop punk's cool again. Yeah. And uh, it's popular. Um, and a lot of those bands, I mean, some of those bands are pretty talented and they make good songs, but, um, it's, it's all about, it's definitely a fad. Just like every explosion genre wise, it's always a fad. There's always a couple bands that do it really well and then everyone follows suit or a couple bands that do it and they actually like enjoy doing it and that's their thing. And then a couple bands want to kind of bite off that. That's yeah. my perspective at least. But, <clears throat> um, I, I, my favorite band is, is the Misfits and, uh, I've been listening to that a lot again. I'll go through phases where, like, that's all I listen to. Like, when I'm listening to music, I want to listen to that. And, oh, cool. And punk and shit like that. And then I'll get into the phase where all I want to listen to is rap. And then, you know, <laughs> like, classic rock for some reason. Like, you know, Dire Straits. <laughs> Wait, was your, uh... Like, was your dad into, like, music? My, my dad's younger. Uh, he's only, uh... He's only 42. Okay. I'm 25. So he was 16 or 17 when I was born. Oh, wow. So he... He didn't. I remember him telling me a lot that he hated hair metal because that was like when he was growing up. He didn't like Poison and Motley Crue, which is funny because I grew up thinking Motley Crue and Poison were like were shitty. And as, as I got older, I was like, this fucking rocks. Like I don't know. I can. This is pretty cool. I like this. Um, but yeah, no. He he was really into Pearl Jam and like Soundgarden. Oh, okay. And, so the grunge thing. Yeah, and I, I was. I can respect a lot of those bands. I people always make fun of me for thinking Soundgarden's okay. Soundgarden rules. Well, I know grunge is, like, popular again now, too, which is really strange. There's bands like My Ticket Home, which is doing, like, this whole grunge revival. And, like, that's cool. Um, but, yeah, I grew up listening... When I was with him, we listened to music. It was always, like, Pearl Jam or... Um, he was really into Kansas. He played Kansas a lot, too. It was really strange. So. <laughs> but when I grew up, because I didn't really live with my dad until I was... Like, actually lived with him until I was 12. I lived with my grandma. She raised me. So she listened to, like... like soft rock like if you put on wish 99.7 i could probably sing half those songs that are on there because i grew up with that like you know i know all these old classic you know soft rock songs so that's how i got into like rod stewart and elton john like i love elton john 
you know, mm-hmm. Billy Joel. It's good stuff, yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're, you know, Billy Joel's a little, he's a little cheesy, but yeah. El- Elton John. Billy Joel has some sweet songs. <laughs> he does. But Elton John rips, you know. And he played Bonnaroo, and we, we were, I was supposed to go to Bonnaroo this year, and we, we missed it. And uh, uh bummer. Yeah, so that's about it for me. I don't know. What are you listening to right now? Uh, pff, again, all over the map, man. <laughs> you know, tough, right? I recently uh i've been really into phanagram i think the album's up there okay phanagram album rules okay uh the new chromio album rules chromio is pretty cool you know what's funny i'm looking at your your albums the your display albums <laughs> the rotation of the month what do you call that do you have a name for it uh little? i used to do themes but now it's just kind of like shit that's up there okay um on your shelf of yeah like display shelf yeah it's kind of like like that Lost in Translation record is means more to me than almost any other record in my collection right now, and I just recently got it, so that's up there. Both those Ghost records are autographed. Yeah, you know that's what? That's why those are up there. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to say that's why I, I I want to say Ghost. I definitely have been listening to Ghost recently. Yeah, awesome. never never really gave it a shot, and then uh, someone I don't you know what Vice is like Vice yeah. like the news source. Yeah. They did something. I, I came across it on there, and they did some like in, like three part interview with Ghost, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this shit because these guys are weird. And any and like I said, the Misfits from my favorite band. So any band that can do like theatrics, I'm like, all right, that rolls. Oh, <laughs> like, dude, you have they, that's cool. It's a bummer. You should have went to the show. They were I did. Here. I missed it. Yeah, they're so good live. I uh, I was because I just started listening to them, and then like I saw like oh two weeks they're playing. I'm like I should go to that show. It'd be fun. And then I missed it because I. I'm a lame. I probably was working or some shit. Missing out on all the shows, all the cool kid shows. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just a weird mixture of... Yeah, Ghost is sweet, though. Typically, I usually listen to things that are, like... There's something either just, like, weirdly unique about it. Like, Ghost just has, like, a weird... something. It's either, like, uh... I don't know. There's something bizarre about it, or it's just incredibly abrasive in one uh-huh. way or another. Yeah. Whether it's just like subject matter or like sonically abrasive or just something that's really intense. <clears throat> I with music and trying to find, I always have a hard time finding new music, and I always seem to catch on to certain bands late. I feel like because a lot of people will listen to bands and I won't get into them until three albums in, and then it's like I have to play catch up. But it's tough for me, and I always have a hard time finding new music. So I always revert back to things I had been listening to in the past. Um, but just when I thought something wasn't cool, like going back and listening to Dire Straits or listening to Pink Floyd, like I never would have admitted five years ago that I liked those bands, but now it's like, oh, I, I can actually, I'm not trying to impress anyone. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not in a band with people trying to make, you know, make myself look cool or something. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think, I think we're, we're doing pretty good. I think that's what it's about it. it. Yeah, I don't know. Is there a way to end this? Um, well, I want to say I appreciate you having me on. Oh yeah, it's an honor. We to come back. Oh no, I mean I. No, know, I'm I, glad that you came. When you when you started doing the show and, and you started posting on Facebook, I was like, I want to do that because I you know Brian's a cool dude and I don't see him ever anymore because we used to see each other all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we used to play shows all the time and they were we always there. We lived close to each other, and we did live close to each other for a while. Uh-huh. Yeah, and we went on tour for like a week together too. <laughs> yeah, I lived in Baltimore for three days and in that <laughs> shithole. That was it. What was that band that dude was in? Was it Rose Funeral? Rose Funeral. Oh god, that guy was a douche. I, I think he was okay. I don't remember. <laughs> he was just a tough. He was one of those tough guy kind of characters. 
He was trying to be like trying to. I think he was just trying to put off one of those like I have tattoos and I'm I'm tough. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just wanted to come on and chat, and I've been wanting to ask that question about the Ninja Turtles for like three weeks now. Since, since that tra- <laughs> Whenever the trailer came out, I was like, well, I'm gonna go on that show and ask Brian what he thinks about the Ninja Turtles because because I know he likes Ninja Turtles and that'll be something to talk about. Yeah, we'll but can, thanks I'm, for having me on. Thanks for coming, man. And that's all, folks. I hope you all enjoyed the conversation, and if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Cameron is, uh, he's he's a good conversation haver. He's a good person to talk to. I like talking to him. And, uh, yeah. I guess that'll be about it. Come back next week for another episode. And, yeah. I am Sykes. Start the Beat Podcast. 2014. Thanks for listening.